0: We've been uh, on for a minute. Yeah. But I'll sleep. Oh, have we? If we're ready.
1: Damn yeah. it. Again.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to have to erase that herpes part.
2: I think I might do this whole episode in Christopher Walken's voice. So oh, wow. if That's anybody has got an issue with the host, it's a good show. <laughs>
0: It just goes And uh, now I mean, she catches more fish than I do, so I've, I've grown to regret that.
2: That does say, like, man, I really hope I'm not overselling this. <laughs> oh, well.
1: Probably, I was very, very fat. I, was, <laughs> I mean, I was at least five pounds heavier um, then than I was now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, you know, they you say. You carried it all in your face.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Whether we're elk hunting or mule deer hunting or whitetail hunting, I mean, that's that's the uh, the epicenter, the, the climax of, of the year, the hunting season for us, the hunting year. Yeah, prime after time. That, yeah. Can he say climax? I did. Is I that, think yeah, I could okay. say that. Do we have to mute that?
0: Worse, there's nothing worse than breaking your boots back out again in the spring for shed hunting or whatever it is, and they just smell like the local bowling alleys <laughs> rented them out for three months straight. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and then I also learned over the course of the weekend that uh, a thigh master can be an incredible upper body workout. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's what I learned.
2: Alright, another episode of the Crave. Another one. And we we're have a guest here. we got a guest. We got a guest in studio. I call this a studio. Believe it. Hell it yeah. looks like a studio to me. And Tim's uh Tim Glom, his first uh, piece of advice he, he gave us was Don't limit the alcohol. Exactly.
0: We like that advice. Something something <laughs> we're gonna
2: take to heart
3: no you you should (laughs) i'm sure people listening right now have already cracked a beer they're settling back they got one hand like (laughs) in their pants the other one a cold one They're leaning back they're going okay what are these four knuckleheads going to talk about
1: stressing looking at the clock thinking i gotta need to work in 15 minutes it's nine Uh, o'clock in the morning (laughs) a lot of al bundy's out there (laughs) don't limit the alcohol Uh, let's have fun uh, yeah
2: absolutely so uh really excited to have tim here um as usual, we got we got Nate Bailey, John Eastburn, Jake Siegel, a um, couple of I just got some fresh information here. Um, co-founder of the Patrick Swayze fan club, <laughs> John Eastburn. John, really? You, that, you, you been what
3: happened to my T-shirt? I sent you this <laughs> 1999. Yeah. And I have not seen my T-shirt. Check bounced. <laughs> Check bounced, dude. Yeah. seriously, You had to like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go no. There? No. <laughs> you it was. Couldn't talk uh, to me on the side. It was yeah. Ju- it was no. A joke. Sorry. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And we were out of some mediums. So <laughs> it, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> you wouldn't have got your shirt anyway, Tim. <laughs> your request for
2: rhinestones was denied. <laughs> right. Move uh, along. Uh, so congratulations, man. Thank I you. Heard the membership. Our number so
1: one well. selling print that year was the lift. As you can think, <laughs> the lift. Dirty Nobody. D- d- Nobody. Nope. Nobody put a yeah. baby in yeah. a corner. Yeah. yeah nicely like done. Him. Nobody.
2: Uh, <laughs> wiffle ball. Wiffle ball, Adult <laughs> Wiffleball champion uh, and Hall of Fame inductee Nate Bailey. Wow. Nate? Nathan wow. throws a knuckleball yep. like nobody. I
3: recently. went there. Um, I went there to see that uh, display, and they were closed that day.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pretty limited <laughs> budget.
2: <laughs> it's a small demographic. Understand. <laughs> Sunday afternoons is, is really all uh, they're open. Whoa, Nate! So. Yeah. Yep. Glad you're here, man. Um, <laughs> Good to be here. Something you guys didn't know about me: speed double Dutch champion. Wow! Double Dutch. Really? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Vinegar, hopscotch, cradles <laughs> you it, one foot, two foot, anything you want to do—and then wow. you just pick. Yeah, oh, so impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so was that, was that the blindfold? Really blind
3: talented, field? talented bunch
2: here, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, our last guest—we had found out um, his name is Pedro—that he was the inspiration for John Mayer's "Your Body's a Wonderland," and never heard it. Really. Lies, <laughs> 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 unfortunately. I saw, I I I it saw, it, I saw the gosh. Adam's apple. <laughs> <laughs> John I will say it to it you right now. If you need <laughs> a reminder, <laughs> working the throw up back down. <laughs> <Hold on. Yeah. laughs> but now our guest here, Tim Glom, uh, allegedly the man who has never wore the same trucker hat twice. Ooh, Can wow. you can you can you confirm or deny?
3: No, I'd rather not talk about that at all. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you're monk. <laughs> I don't know it's if an I can confirm that. I mean, that would be an amazing feat. Like, th- there's that dude mm-hmm. on uh, 30 Rock, right, that show, who always wears a different trucker hat every oh, yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm not that cool. I do have a lot of trucker hats, but um, no. Can't confirm it.
2: All right. Mm-hmm. So. But
3: now I have a goal. Thank you. I've got something
2: you to You should, know. man. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got to have goals that. in life, so yeah. yeah. But, Tim, um, given your uh, extensive resume... Why don't you introduce yourself? See, I don't understand the
3: resume. I don't. I haven't written a resume in a long how about, time. How about how uh, about
2: life experiences?
3: Life experiences can talk for days. Um, yeah, I don't Try know, not man. To. Uh, I I don't really know what to say there. I mean, I, um, what do you currently do? Currently, do I'm over at Botec. Been at the Botec where I met all you knuckleheads. Um, head of digital strategy over there, which doesn't mean much, but. Um, you know, archery guy, marketing guy, television guy, former, you know, music guy, um, just loving life. Finding myself in Oregon in the sticks in your studio drinking
2: beer. Yeah. But you're a Colorado man.
3: I am a Colorado guy. I've been in Colorado. Originally born and raised in Philadelphia. Uh, hunted a little bit out there. Definitely angled out there. Uh, moved to Colorado about 12 years ago. Started family. You know, worked for the World Fishing Network out there. Did some fun things um love colorado but i don't know this oregon thing's growing on me man. yeah anybody who's never been to oregon it's cool spend some time back in the woods in the state yeah away. i hear you same <laughs> thing by the way the no. weather's horrible
1: in colorado <laughs> don't come yeah <laughs> yeah right. there's nothing good here for you yeah fishing sucks
2: yeah but you, you did that, you, you yeah. dabbled in uh in the music biz Dabbled is that definitely not the right word
3: no i mean in the uh in the 90s i was working for a bunch of bands over at Capitol records <clears> and and uh bands like everclear met you know Tour managed in Everclear for a few years, which was their Oregon band, Portland, Oregon, originally. Right. Yep. Know, huge band back then. I mean, most most played alternative single in 1996, you know, Grammy nominated and all that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. worked with those guys, spent a lot of time in Oregon. Uh, Motley Crue, out with those guys for a while, which, God, man. Really? Yeah, I 1994, spent yeah <coughs> months, months with them on a tour, which... Man, if smartphones were around <laughs> in 1994. <laughs> man. Oh
0: man. Whoo. How many blocks of memory loss do you have <laughs> <laughs> during I, that time uh, span? Man, <laughs> yeah, it was it was something. Else.
3: This is pre-Pamela Anderson, so, like, it was really off the hook. Mm. Stories mm. for days, no pictures to prove it, though. Probably best. Yeah, <laughs> Probably no, it best. is. Yeah. And that's, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, oh, yeah, you were on the road, Molly Crew, you know, and, and Tommy's still, you know, my partner and I do some things with Tommy here and there, um, like... You know, is it as crazy as the book made it sound? I was like, well, it was easy to write the book because there weren't many photos. Yeah. So, but I would say, I wasn't around for the, like their heyday in the 80s. I was like six years later, which is still like 20 years ago. Yeah. But um, those guys went for it, man. If anybody partied, it was my huh. crew. It was great. That was fun.
1: And all, the f- and all the Facebook stalking that I've done of you. Uh-oh. I'm surprised I never came across that.
3: No, well, I try. My wife has definitely censored my previous past, Mm -hmm. for good reason, and my attorneys. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, well, uh, Facebook came around in '94, like, or sorry, uh,
2: 2004. I was gonna say '94. I really really missed it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Molly
3: Cruz Slayer, a bunch of other metal bands. Yeah. Traveled the globe, forty different countries, something like that. Yeah, that was fun, and that was just the '90s. Yeah. That before you
1: were married, or is that? Oh yeah.
3: Way Way before. <laughs> <I was getting laughs> <way> before. <laughs> How would you uh, meet yeah. your wife? I uh, went to Denver. You know, a uh, guy was trying to get me out there to kind of reboot his marketing company, went out for a weekend to kind of talk through it, met her. He was a friend, friend, and literally, I met my wife. A great story. I met my wife. I, I swear I'll make it visual and I'll make it quick. I was we at this that. event. Sweet. <laughs> I was at this event. The, uh, uh, um, uh, a good friend of ours, actually, um, uh, was, 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 Playing there, Donovan Frankenreiter, kind of like surf dude from Southern California, was playing this event. I didn't know her, but I knew she was friends with, like, the guys I was with, and I kind of mm-hmm. remembered her name. But at any anyway, rate, I saw an old buddy and needed to write down his number, and I looked over her because she was the closest woman. and I was like, hey, That's do you have a good. pen in your purse? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I think I do. And she literally took her beer. She was, she was holding a beer can with a koozie on it. Backstage outside and she stuck the beer to a pole like five feet off the ground and took her (laughs) hand off of it and it stuck magically to the (laughs) stage pole and I was like Uh she starts digging through her purse for this pen and I was like whoa stop what is that? And it was a koozie with magnets all the way around it. Oh. <laughs> she goes, Oh, that's the magnet koozie. Yeah. I'm like, what? I in. love I'm you. Like, uh, yeah. I'm you like, complete I'm me. I'm kind of an outdoor guy. <laughs> I've never uh. seen this thing called a Magna koozie. And that was it. And I literally, uh. like, I was, I just pestered her all night. And then I took her camping the next night. She, well, actually, she took me camping. She had a truck. I <laughs> And we went camping and, like, kind of hit it off. And, you know, funny thing, um, from the day I met her, we saw each other. No, We went no more than four days apart for nine months from the day I met her. Hmm. She, I lived wow. in Philadelphia. She lived in Colorado. Whoa. That's tough to do. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. did it. She worked for HBO. I was working for MTV and
0: hmm. just traveled and made it. Yeah. So, yeah. That was long before Snapchat and <laughs> Skype, too. Oh, uh, yeah. No, didn't even get any dirty
2: snaps or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, and,
4: uh,
2: That's cool. Uh, so, no, it was a great story, yeah. So how d- I mean, God, that's dude, that's a that's a that's a leap from from music and Molly Crue to Yeah, and then worked back. with the
3: Jackass guys in between all that. So yeah. like, you know, produced a bunch of stuff. It was a record label with Bam Margera, you know, some a bunch of production stuff with Bam Margera and uh, you know, skateboarding superstar and um he has been a friend since he was eight years old and we had a bunch of music tours together and produced all those shows. And you knew on him uh, since MTV eight shows. years old, Bam? I've known Bam probably since he was seven. I met his his brother before him; he was a little bit older, and his parents were just great. They were like staples in our town, Westchester, you know, Pennsylvania. And yeah, we put him on our skate team, and hmm. yeah. you know, just knew him from there. And then I was in music, managing, you know, as I said, Capitol Records and everything. His brother kind of got a recording uh, deal with Island because Bam was just becoming this like famous sixteen-year-old skater, and then he was getting ripped off by all his sponsors mm-hmm. and MTV and. You know, the mm. stories about Jackass the first season were horrendous. Those guys no one knows this, but those guys made six hundred and eighty-eight dollars per episode the first season on TV. The whole like group? Each one. Oh. Each person. Even so still, you make a thousand dollars an episode, but after taxes, six hundred and eighty eight bucks. Wow. Like they'd film <laughs> for two weeks. Like they'd wreck themselves on twenty skits just mm. for the attorneys to be like, Oh no, that's too repeatable. Kids will try that. Oh, that's too crazy. Like, oh no, that's censored. So, Bam yeah. called me and was like, "Yo, bro, you know the music industry, and you know can you help me out and yeah, did a bunch of shows together hmm. well how did you get, how did you
2: start in the I mean, the music industry, especially to the capacity you were in it, I mean that seems like something probably a who you know rather than I, don't, I know. don't know
3: man i I'd like to think it was a little bit of who you know, but it was like I just went for it, mm-hmm. you know,
2: young, was
3: playing guitar, really never wanted to be a musician, never wanted to like make money as a musician, but I wanted to be in music in some way i just i loved it and then the idea of touring very young like getting paid to tour of the globe to like tune guitars so i became mm. a, a guitar tech that's kind of how i got on the motley Crue tour mm. and um i uh, just went into management i just like looked at the ladder and i was like i'm gonna climb this freaking ladder and mm. you know ended up you know working with everclear in a serious capacity touring the globe and those guys like catapulted so um, and it was funny because I did so much of music, and at the time, a lot of people don't remember. MTV used to play music videos. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon it's a time, a I bit. remember <laughs> that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> a, and then at some point, they were like, "Well, music videos don't cut it anymore. So let's like me make some television with young kids because we don't have any dollars." And everyone who was producing music to uh, MTV went over to producing television and didn't know what the heck they were doing. Hmm. And it was just like a goldmine for us, like Bam and everyone at the time. Mm. We had a following outside of TV, like skateboarding. And we raped them like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it MTV is <was> <laughs> the network that will make you famous. They won't make you rich. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That was their mantra. Like, hey, kid, you want to be on TV? Like, go get your sponsors because you're on TV. Make your money there. But we actually made money. and Not that not we made money, but there was money made and – we channeled it into other industries kind of like tv is doing with archery and and fishing yeah. you know you got your waddells you got your you know mike i, I canellis and you know because they're on tv mm-hmm. they make more money it's just mm-hmm. it's crazy the rich get richer yeah hmm. yeah and so every rich guy gets shit for free right like <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, yeah right yeah the more money you have, the right. more connected you are, the more free crap you get. Right. And it seems
2: like those guys always want that's a free, free stuff. A free it's, you know, it's free. You know, like you, you expect me, me to pay for that? You it's know why I'm yeah.
0: crazy. <laughs> yeah. I right? certainly don't turn it down if it's offered. Yeah.
2: Tell <laughs> so you know what they're not getting? Yeah. Crave T-shirt for free. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> get one. I tried to negotiate. And a 16 that with my ounce Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You're I'm on number
3: four. By the way, this podcast's over when I run out of these next yeah. two beers.
1: Now we got another sixer for you. So have you always mm-hmm. been passionate about the outdoors?
3: Yeah, man. Ever, during, ever since being a kid, you know, growing up in Philly, uh, going to the Jersey Shores like a shore rat all summer long. Um, you know, offshore fishing. You know, back bay crabbing as a kid. That's kind of where it started for me. And then hmm. um, I wasn't really a serious hunter, but I was uh, I was big into angling um, out there. And when I got to Colorado, my brother-in-laws, who I kind of inherited um, very quickly, were like fly fishing maniacs so i just yeah. like it just enamored me mm-hmm. and then also getting to the age where i'd like sown my oats right touring with motley crew when you're 19 like you get a lot out of your system and a lot I mean, into your system like yeah well i was gonna say like i'm lucky <laughs> yeah. to be
2: alive i don't understand know? i don't understand
3: i could i could go x-rated with this one but i won't um yeah, and then when I got to Colorado, it just like it reignited a hundred times. Like anybody who moves to Colorado or something like that, from like you just, yeah. you're just taken in by it. You knew you're in the right place. The opportunities are unbelievable. By the way, stop moving to Denver, people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like a 20 minute drive, you can be, you know, fishing, you know, hunting, everything. So, mm-hmm. and then when I had kids, it really hit. Yeah. Like, all right, we got to eat food, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, where's that food come from? Oh, Wait thirty five dollars. I can go kill a you know five hundred pound elk. Yeah. That seems like a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, and it's <laughs> up in that pretty mountain. That's beautiful, and I can camp there for ten days. Like,
1: pfft, yeah. it's
3: a no brainer. Why yeah. doesn't
1: everybody hunt? Right. So best meat you can eat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like no. seriously, hundreds of no years. Hormones.
3: This animal and its previous mm-hmm. generation have drank uh, water that falls from the sky and grass that grows from the dirt. Mm-hmm. Like, end of story. Yeah. The Sweetest, shortest story you need to know.
2: Yeah. yeah. So sustainability was, as far as the hunting part of it, it's kind well, of what kind of made that burn. A well, little bit.
3: sustainability is definitely a good factor. It's a feel-good factor, and it really, you know, the conservation. We won't get into that because most of your audience definitely, you know, agrees with everything we're thinking. But for me, it was all right. I'm responsible for these young people. Like, what kind of fuel are you gonna put in their body, and what's the cost of that? Yeah. You know, you can feed your kid McDonald's twice a week, and we know it's gonna happen. I mean, we see that diabetes, you know. New York, even Colorado has the, the sugar tax, which I love. New York just repealed it, unfortunately. But, you know, all the sugar and, and uh, you know, the inner grocery aisles are just crap. Yeah. So if yep. I can go get, you know, 120 pounds and feed that to this kid that's pure protein that, mm-hmm. you know, again, water from the sky, grass from the ground, mm-hmm. like, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Yeah. And that's our responsibility as parents, right? It's the yeah. kids don't have a choice. Yeah. Of course they want to go to McDonald's, but no mm-hmm. we're gonna eat at home we're gonna eat this amazing meat so yeah that has been my number one driver
2: yeah and that i think that only gets um with the, with the kids if they grow up on that um that only gets stronger as they get older too when they start to realize let's hope so uh, you know i, th- I think so yeah. i think so
3: well it's it's back to parenting you know we were talking about that before we started this you know parenting's everything and lead by example and um you know, And thanks for the walleye meal today. Like, yeah. I can't believe John has never had walleye before. The fishery. It's like uh, the fishery. killing me. Jeez. Sorry, I just revealed it. I was, <laughs> ho- I was hoping we were going to get through this Louise. without that. <laughs> and I know you haven't had walleye cheeks. Yeah. I mean, that's true. The, that is the best. Like on the true. boat, coming out of the water, walleye cheek right then and there. But yeah, um, lead by example. You know, teach them right. And then, like, we all try and do, you know, propagate that. And mm-hmm. Befriend somebody every day and don't force something on them. But if the uh, opportunity mm. arises... You know, convince them, hey, look, hunting's yeah. good. And those animals crawling around in the hills, if you're going to eat meat, they're probably the ones you want to eat. Yeah. yeah. Well, and
2: to your point, you know, not to, to go off on conservation and, you know, healthy living, but man, it, it's is it's good to see how, how prevalent and um, the voice is being heard now. Like, everybody's talking about it as far as good natural protein. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and, and I talked to um, one of our archery dealers uh, through Bowtech in Ohio and he has um some of the bomars uh that th- that couple that Josh and Sarah Yeah, yeah I mean yeah. they're uh super into big fitness and you know oh, he yeah. he was saying you know he's like the amount of folks that I'm getting in that have never bow hunted, but are just like crazy about fitness. Yes. They're, they're doing it because they go so extreme that they, they want to go out and now they want to kill their yeah. own or harvest their own, you know, their sure. own, their own meals and, and put it on the table. And it's, so like archery and hunting is growing just because you got this whole other segment now where it's, you know, like all America, natural, yeah, all natural extremist. Yeah. yeah.
3: No, no. And great. Call it extremism. You know, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. As long as they're doing it and they're, you mm-hmm. know, they're kind of cool about it. And, well conservation's getting a huge boost in the arm right now, you know the whole New York Times uh, article a few weeks ago with, with Jason Akuyu and, and and what they're doing with sheep hunting, the amount of dollars mm-hmm. that raises and bringing public awareness of of license. I just spent fifteen hundred dollars last night like in the office before I left. Colorado tags were due last night, mm-hmm. fifteen hundred dollars. My wife won't listen to this, right?
2: Yeah, we can, uh, (laughs) right. But But, uh, you're the marketing whiz. You can probably isolate that, right? But, you know,
3: (laughs) I mean, the the amount of conservation dollars, and (laughs) I think you bring up a good point about the sustainability in the food. But I have a good buddy who was head of uh, content over at GoPro, used to work for me over at Mark Cuban's television network. And, um, he got into archery. Just called me randomly. Says, "Yo, oh, man, I'm into archery. Like, it's cool. It's awesome. I'm like, whoa, I'm, I'm in archery now too." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, really? Cool." And he bought a diamond. So you know, all right, you know, cool. Um, <laughs> uh, but his thing was, he's such a big CrossFit guy that he didn't get into it to kill animals. Mm. He got into it for the mental game. Yeah, mm. he needed something beyond the gym on rest days or, and things that were mu- driving him mentally focus his energy body right perfect form everything else so he got into it just for the target recreational indoor and i thought that was interesting i never really kind of dwelled on that but (laughs) yeah like archery can fit your lifestyle in so many ways if you want sustainable meat great yeah go out and do it but if you just are a crossfitter and extreme fitness guy Look, man, there's a mental side to archery that will parallel. Oh, you know, your you're. What well, can apply to role.
0: anybody too. I mean, yeah. you got a stressful job or whatever. Yeah, it's pre- a relief. Or yeah, something. yeah. Yeah. you got a range near your house on the way home, or oh man, you know if you're lucky enough to have a range at your place of business, I'll if you tell you. So my, industry, my problem is, awesome.
3: you know, the traffic in Denver is growing so much that I got to figure out how to do archery while I drive home. <laughs> 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 right? If I can figure that yeah. out, like I want to be the first guy that gets the ticket for drive-by archery. Uh Arrowing <laughs> while right. driving target oh,
2: practice. <laughs> you need you need a, a secondary car that you can shoot into with target. And yeah, just
3: something, something or like like maybe a bow fishing bow where I can like retract it. It's just like there you yeah,
2: go. we just were bow fishing with the guy last weekend. And this he's a huge bow fisherman. I mean he just he's he's fanatical about it. Right. He's got a phenomenal boat. I mean he's got thousands of dollars stuck in his boat. But that, that's his thing. He doesn't
0: he- ki- He coyote hunts,
2: but that's his thing, although he's on the water he set over a hundred days a year, and he said he goes home every night, he said every night he does hundred and fifty reps, right with sixty pounds sixty pounds yeah mm-hmm. every night wait, Bo- just
3: work out, not his bow
2: no that's with his, know, bow. with his he, bow he he draws he's a sixty draw pound right bow down, right just so he yeah. can have that muscle memory and and really be yeah
0: he said on a on a tournament on a hot tournament night. He'd shoot probably 300 times. No, I I believe in that an overnight tournament. Our,
2: my good buddy
3: and and Diamond Ambassador Nate Zelensky, has taken me bow fishing a million times Colorado May through August like the carp in those big lakes are unbelievable. Even at like 10,000 feet, you get amazing carp sunning and pike too. Um, those are fair game. Yeah, to- well total fair game. Which I want to ask you guys about, but um you're right like 300 times gets old. Although sure the sport is so much fun. But mm. l- well let me ask you about this. You know, we just talked about conservation and food and sustainability. Like, bow fishing is just killing fish. Mm-hmm. Come on, like is on that carp? The, is that the no on anything on I mean, anything? Yeah, John, yeah. have you ever bow fished a fish and be like, oh, that was great. Take a picture. Let me put it back in. Uh, <laughs> like, come um, on, do you catch do you there's, bow there's and very, release. There's
1: very few catch and release opportunities. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be a
0: very good shot, but yeah, which we're not. Uh, they are, you so, they're the, do that for sh- invasive species or non-native species. Uh, and
3: okay, so I don't know enough about this. I'm certainly not coming from like a high point no, it's down. No, it's a good question. But, but yeah. like carp in Colorado, obviously invasive. And by the way, do we all agree that carp were brought here as like a food fish in the '50s?
0: Like I the way the way I read, German. they were actually brought here for for testing for inv- invasive aquatic plant control. Really? Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. I've heard. And of they originally story. went to Alabama, and then they started farm. And but they were. They were unregulated for almost 15 years. Uh, So they didn't stop import until the late 70s. And I think 64 was the first large-scale You You clearly (laughs)
3: know more about this than me. I thought I was educated in this. I did a story for the World Fishing Network years ago, and I forget (laughs) it. Literally, I'm going to have Alzheimer's in like seven years. It's going (laughs) to suck. But I can't remember anything. But the story I remember was that it was brought here in the 50s from Germany because we had outfished all of our bass, which was a big restaurant food on the East Coast, and all these mm. East Coaster hoity-toities were eating all this bass, and we were running out, so they kind of brought in the carp, and then the carp—this uh, is where it goes a little crazy for me, like up in New York or something—it got into the Great Lakes and like oh. went rampant. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not talking
0: about Asian carp, but um, right. that was a story I heard. So, hmm. well, there's definitely been import for somebody it. needs food to per, Google that real quick food source as well. Yeah. And that that happened heavily in that 10 or 15 year stretch where it was unregulated. So, why are we eating
3: the fish, the carp that we bowfish? Why
1: aren't, are are wait? aren't we eating?
3: Why aren't we th- eating them?
2: I don't um, think um, uh the, there's so much. the majority of us don't like it. It uh It's not walleye.
3: <laughs> no, it true. is not the stake of the lake. It's definitely not walleye. Stake of the lake. Not the stake of the lake. That is true. I mean, come on, though. Is bow fishing realistically is it something that we should be promoting, like just killing fish for fun yes. from above the water, shooting Being an arrow it. into it, and like throwing it
0: in a trash can? He obviously
2: didn't read our most recent post
0: for carp, for sure. Yeah, because they're they're massively destructive to aquatic ecosystems that across the country. Is that a blanket statement
3: that you're willing um, to get behind? Yeah,
1: I, I, I would okay. stand yeah. behind yeah. Nate on I, that. I, I would stand behind you. All encourage all right.
0: you. Give you back rubs. As, you know, <laughs> As we the push you they out they there, they proliferate. The you know, the, the yeah, they can they can survive in much lower oxygen content water than other species. Uh, they generally procreate much faster than a lot of other so species. they're the
1: rabbit of the, the lake the, they're right. the motley crew and and they're the motley crew that. of the lake hold on
3: hold on I think those guys <laughs> had the vasectomies fish, these, these. at like age 17 um,
2: <laughs> but no I, there's a reason why when you go out and you can shoot 300 times a night and be tired of it and not even make a dent there's a problem there's a population well, Asian carp. Yeah. I get that. No, I mean, I, and I it don't doesn't matter. Enough. Those aren't Asian carp. Those guys are hunting. These are. These, yeah, these are just grass, grass carp. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But they, you know, they'll eat their actual root system of aquatic plants. To God, the point where they die, and that affects waterfowl too, because it affects oh, the, yeah, their everything. nesting yeah, All right, great. No, I'm glad and I forage. asked the question.
3: Yeah. See, you learned yeah. something on this podcast. Yeah. And something. One, one thing. And and you learn the one
1: the fact thing where yeah. um, there's been studies where they've even targeted bass beds too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They
0: will if they run out of of uh, plant well. matter, they'll eat the eggs <laughs> of other fish. You bugs. mess with Mike Icannelli's living man, you're you're. He <laughs> <you're> will. <dead. laughs> <laughs> he will scream and yell them. Um, that's right and <laughs> <laughs> in a very entertaining fashion ed- all, right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> all right great no good to i learned something thanks for that yeah. mm-hmm. and okay. you know there's actually
1: if even if you don't eat the carp you know there's other there's other options there yeah well they it's make. great the fertilizer Yeah, you know, we crab, use it in the yeah. garden
0: crab bait yeah yeah crab bait. Mm-hmm. yeah it uses a lot for crab bait yeah i'll have to try that color Colorado. and there are
2: people <laughs> that there are people that that do like them and you know we see it when we do our local our local uh watering hole here that that we shoot carpet I mean, there's people that yeah they'll they'll come around and be like hey uh you, you when
1: want i it? when i lived uh when when i lived when i lived north of uh Eugene, yeah there in a small small city small town uh oh, i had some insane. i had i had some neighbors that they would they would welcome me with or, with open arms when I would mm. knock on the door with some cart, oh yeah, so huh they All they right. liked it
3: hey good thing you don't live there anymore, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a longer it's a Longer drive to take them. <laughs> a trash can full of cart. <laughs> <laughs> Some all right, people so eat it. Right, cool.
3: yeah. Yeah. Uh, bow fishing, A plus. Do we're it. all for it. All right. Cool. Yeah.
2: So well, you were we you were talking it. about the. I mean, gosh, your music stories are amazing. It seems like you kind of. What? No, no, please. Please, guys.
1: Oh, i just had a question. Yeah. I could, mean, could you ask me without <laughs> touching your boom? Sorry. on Your mic, please. Sorry. Should I clap? <laughs>
0: sorry. <siblings laughs> no. need pre- <laughs> just uh, put your pants I'm back on. We'll just we go. I'm just calling you out a little bit.
3: What's your question? So obviously,
1: um, outdoor-related activities were probably low on the totem pole with these uh, rock stars, music stars. No, that not necessarily. So I my mean, question is: Was, was were, were any of those guys like, yeah, I like to fish, or was that ever a conversation? Like, did did you ever talk about the outdoors with these guys, or yeah, yeah, was it yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In fact, check out right, the
3: Has. So, yeah. So here I got some. <laughs> these, these might be a on little out of left field, but um. Uh, Corey Smoot, who I don't know if you guys know the band Guar. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, mm-hmm. Guar, great buddies of mine, have known him for 20 some years. Richmond, Never heard Virginia. And they fast. just lose
2: their lead singer? Was that Guar? Yes. Gwar?
3: Dave Brocky died, I don't know, it might be Last three year? years ago. This was it May? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's coming up on three. So, awesome uh, but stage Corey show. Smoot, they lost um, two years prior. I think it was two years prior. He was a huge outdoorsman. So, um, he came to Colorado and literally, like, we planned elk hunts. Hmm. All the time, they couldn't have it because those guys tour basically September through December. That's kind of like the touring cycle for that band. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I mean, he was way into it. You know, it's gore. It's crazy. It's sensational. It's over the top. But
2: explain gore um, to anybody. Yeah, the, so the, the, the vast gore, majority that probably I, I
3: strongly suggest that you Google it. Um, and I got a great do funny, it at, funny How do you spell it? Do it. How do you spell that? How do you spell gore? Yeah. Do it yeah. work? <laughs> it's totally safe for work. <laughs> no. um, Gwar, G W A R. They've been around for thirty years. You know Brad Roberts and his wife Nicole. Awesome, great friends of ours. Like, catch up with them all the time. But um, they're shock kind of shock artists. Um, uh, How 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 like safe (laughs) is this podcast? No, go for it. Um, I'm not going to go there. But no, do uh, it if it's so. So so (laughs) I worked for Mark Cuban for a few years and uh, ran the marketing department at his television network, Access TV, all live concert network. So, short segue, Um, his network, HDNet, which we rebranded to access TV to be all concerts, was all about being provocative, right? It's like, ah, whatever people won't put on TV, I want to put on TV. I'm Mark Cuban. (laughs) And I said, great, well, I have this band, Guar. He's like, sounds awesome, let's do it. So we set up a live concert in Denver, and I was texting with him. He watches all the shows, like all the live shows, unless there's a Mavs game that he's at. Mm -hmm. He texts me like five minutes in, and he's like, Tim, um, did (laughs) I just watch the Pope um, get, I'm going to just use the word poked, with a crucifix where you wouldn't want to get poked? (laughs) And I was was like, uh, yeah, you did. He's like, this never airs again. I was like, what do you mean? You're Mark Cuban. This is supposed to be provocative. This Uh, is like the most provocative thing out there.
0: I saw a show where a large animatonic (laughs) dinosaur ate the Pope. Well, that's that's easy, and they have their meat
3: grinder and <laughs> that's everything. You jump in, and everything. Yeah. No, no, but this was. I mean, they, they have they have a character <laughs> called Jesus Hitler. Like, one side he's Jesus, the other side he's Hitler, and it's. Anyway, it's family it's, friendly stuff. Wow. Well, it's it's tongue in cheek. It's they're mm-hmm. not making political statements, but it's a funny band. Um, so anyway, Phenomenal the guitar player was like too. huge outdoorsman. Yeah. Um great. Ted Nugent, obviously. Ted and I worked together when he you know, with some of the gold stuff. <laughs> Slayer. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Slayer guys. Slayer guys are into it. Mm. Um Yeah, there there's a few. You know, Everclear spent a lot of time with those guys were not. Um they appreciate meat, but uh they weren't yeah. about going to forage or yeah. stuff. But um yeah. So on the other side <laughs> of the coin,
2: did you run into anybody that was adamantly opposed to Hunting, fishing. Yes.
3: They're, uh, it's not worth any time, but the band Shelter, like a hardcore band when I was young, that I, I, I kind of liked. Those guys were vegan Krishnas. You know, I took the gig because I needed like two months like to kind of fill. Yeah. Harry Krishna vegans. In fact, it's funny. I was just, this is ironic. I'm talking about this. Last weekend, I was with them at a <laughs> memorial event in Asbury Park, but they were like no leather, no anything. Couldn't wear leather belts, like oh leather shoes. I lasted like... Ten days out of a two-month contract, they caught mm. me eating a hamburger in a diner, <laughs> oh, and they like <laughs> scolded me. And I, Judas, I was like, Judas, yeah, yeah, totally. was <laughs> be
2: like, gone with you. I was like, okay, <laughs>
3: gone know. with you. Next gig, I don't care where it comes from. Um, <laughs> to the gallows. Yeah.
2: They're gonna eat something with parents that had parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but <clears throat>
3: yeah. No, the Jackass guys are are, are into that stuff too. Ryan mm-hmm. Dunn was a was a huge fan. Um, Ryan Dunn was a huge fan. God bless his soul. Great buddy of mine, unfortunately, you know, went too fast. Um, but he was way
2: into, you know, the outdoors and mm. getting after it. Did Did you find that, given the lifestyle you were kind of leading with in, in music, you know, did outdoors, I mean, that's kind of your your yin and yang, you know? I mean, was it like feel good to get out and probably just like listen to a river and decompress? And oh, like,
3: totally, man. You yeah, I needed it, that. Huh? I'll tell you, the reason I was so enamored in going to Colorado is. If you look at the touring cycle of bands, like you might be able to play in Salt Lake and then you probably play in Lincoln or Omaha, Nebraska. There's a lot of miles between Denver's it. So most bands play in Denver and they usually take a day off there. Cause you have these long spances. So, um, I've spent, I, I can't tell you, I probably spent 45 days off in Denver of touring, you know, in the eight years or so I toured. So I, I, I came to love it, you know, rent a car, drive into the hills or something, you know, from age 20 till today, I'm 43. And I was so enamored with Colorado that when I got the call, like, hey, I got a marketing company, come, you know, make some television out here in Denver. I was like, yeah, I'm all in, I wanted to explore that. Um, so, yeah, you always appreciated a day off or you know, nature. Because, let me tell you, when you're on tour in the tour bus, like, it sounds awesome, but the grass is always greener. Yeah, you're out there and there's chicks and there's beer and it's everything, but you literally get on a bus, it drives, you wake up and you're like behind some crappy club or, you know, like an amphitheater and they all look exactly the same. And you spend 20 hours a day awake in these crappy clubs that smell like beer and pee and you're like, ah. Oh. So, yeah, when you get Probably a day off, get man.
4: To grass I'll
3: tell you, you know, with Everclear in 1996, we, we did the Summerland tour and we played Blockbuster. You guys remember Blockbuster? like the video the, the, the oh yeah, yeah. Yep. blockbuster yep. owned this huge array of outdoor amphitheaters that was like their marketing thing so you had the blockbuster <laughs> arena <in> Bonner <laughs> Springs Kansas and everywhere there were like 30 of them hmm. and they literally all were the same exact architecture like right so yeah. Yeah. the club yeah. was exactly the same You know you're talking 20,000 people these these huge outdoor sheds uh, end fest up here end fest is you, you know that uh is that station here in Seattle or is that Portland. Who's P- Portland's radio station? Couldn't uh, tell you. All right, yeah, anyway. So they all were exactly the same. And your bus, I'm telling you, like the show would be over at 11, pack up, maybe roll at one in the morning, get to the next place. They were identical. You'd get off the bus and it'd be Groundhog Day. Hmm. You'd be 500 miles away and wouldn't yeah. know the difference because you're parked in a back lot behind a amphitheater, and you knew, all right, go in that door, turn right for catering, left for showers. You know, it's not cool. Hmm. So, stay in cool, school kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so did you get out of that uh I don't want to say that routine, just because you got tired of it, or was there another opportunity in that, like the outdoor industry? Nah, it's another? like
3: anything, man. You always want to evolve, and it was fun, and you know, I, I went to God knows how many countries and everything, but. Um,
1: and you met your beautiful wife, and you're like, you know what? Well, that was it's after cool. all of that touring and you're everything. Like, you, uh, t- at some point, this you're grass like, grass is definitely the greener, grass probably. is
3: definitely yeah, greener. Living case. out of a suitcase for five years in a row, yeah, you get a lot of frequent flyer miles. Yeah, it'll yeah. it'll wear down on you, man. Yeah. Grass is always greener, so. Yeah, um, moving to television was great, you know, being able to do a lot of TV. And, look, I mean, if anybody's ever seen the show Viva La Bam, I don't suggest going back and looking for it. But at the time, you know, we had a half million dollars an episode – And literally, we wrote down show ideas like drunken bars on napkins, and we'll go to our executive producer like, dude, we want to buy 30 double-wide trailers, we want to rent a soccer field in the middle of nowhere, we want to set them up, and then get 30 cars and have a demolition derby, and we think we'd stretch this out for like eight episodes. And the guy's like, this is genius. We're like, great, we just convinced the guy to spend $4 million on like 35 employees for the next... Three months to literally go do what we just said.
0: Wow. Like, Destroy stuff.
3: Best job I ever <laughs> had in my life. I'll never have one like it. Luckiest son of a bitch on the planet to have done it for like four, I was almost I five didn't years. I
1: know that. I watched that show.
3: Dude, I mean, 45 when I, when episodes. When my parents weren't watching. We spent yeah. m- tens of millions of dollars <laughs> right. just destroying stuff because we get drunk and come up with it. And they'd be like, yeah, great,
2: let's do it. But do you think that, I mean, there, nobody, there, there was nothing out there like that. You know, do you, well, I think people just appreciated the, like, you know, off the cuff and like these guys. This this could be me out there. Well, probably happened too much. Yeah, but.
3: it was because Bam was fairly young at the time, so he related to these kids. He wasn't like, you know, some thirty five year old trying to market to thirteen year olds. I mean, he was an eighteen, yeah, twenty year old marketing to sixteen year olds. Um, So it was relatable, and he was like, I mean, that show. If you went back and watch it, like. Ninety percent of that stuff was real. Like everything we did to his parents was real. They never knew it was coming. Oh, God bless their souls. But they They were amazing. They're amazing people. They're some of my favorite people in the world. I remember watching a few of those episodes. Dude, (laughs) wow, that is brutal. (laughs) Oh, I and feel so uh, bad for his dad. I'm going to tell you right now. Just just picked on. I'm going to tell you right now. Like everything you saw on TV or Jackass there was probably 30% more that was worse that literally the attorneys wouldn't let us put on air yeah. for mm. some reason or another. So, But, um, yeah, I man, it was great. And, and to your point, Jake, uh, at the time, in, in 2003, when we launched that show, like, reality TV was in its infancy. You had, like, you didn't have real housewives or anything. It was, mm. it was uncharted territory. So for us to go and, like, drive Hummers off of quarry cliffs. That's why you watch that show. And, and do stuff. Housewives, wasn't it? Yeah, well, um, it was cool. It was fun. Yeah. And but at the same time, there's a lot of regrets because we literally, you know, for five seasons, we were part of the decay of the <laughs> American adolescence. <Yeah. laughs> like, there's no doubt about it, man. There's no it. doubt about it. You know, paint it however you want. A lot of money was made, and I mean, we used to get three to four million viewers every Sunday night. These are kids. Mm -hmm. no tv shows don't get that anymore Mm -hmm. you know 14 years later you don't get those numbers we were literally like telling kids how to be misfits and you know unfortunately some kids got hurt from it um i mean kids tried to like repeat some things we did and you know kind of weighs on you a little Mm -hmm. bit here and there but yeah reality tv wasn't defined then we know what it is now well even
2: now if you if you you know if that never existed and you came out with that now it would be, uh, dude. It would be so much. It uh, wouldn't be the, the, the you uh, know, the. I'm gonna tell you right now. Slap in the face isn't there anymore. Here's my yeah. only dig. I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm reading
3: a book on Buddhism. I'm, I'm not quite a Buddhist yet, but I like this whole idea of like be positive and take yourself out of the physical event and and your perception of what that event should be, whether someone cuts in line in front of you or this or that. But I will break my Buddhist. Um, uh, 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 trend I've been doing lately, and tell you that if you go back and watch the first season of Viva La Bam, and you watch the first season of Duck Dynasty, those producers watch Viva La Bam a hundred times and oh, replicated yeah. exactly what we did, except for some buffoons from the swamps. Right. So, and look, Willie, really, this guy's great, awesome, cool, uh, huge. Way bigger than Viva La Bam. Got not as big as Bam. Bam's still way... kills them in revenue and everything else from you know, he had the second largest signature clothing line behind Kobe Bryant. So dollars wise, Viva Labam trumped them. But idea wise, it's all cyclical. Yeah. There's no new original
2: idea. television. out on the television. Play. Laid out the No, no, no. no, no. i so?
3: uh, I'll tell you right now, and I've said this publicly before. Viva La Bam, you guys are probably you're just a little younger than me, but there was a show on MTV in the eighties called The Young Ones. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest you go to YouTube. Anybody who's listening, if you like Jackass at all, if you liked Viva La Bam, like by any stretch of the imagination, go Google The Young Ones. It was a UK-British sitcom, a bunch of punk rockers, hippies, and like business guys young in this sitcom. I literally, with the executive producer Anna Decoza, a good friend of mine, I literally watched those back to back to back. I loved them as a kid. 120 Mm -hmm. minutes was on. You'd stay up late and watch like The Cure or The Church or Mm -hmm. The Cult or something like you know alternative Mm -hmm. back then. And then the young ones would come on at midnight, and I'd have to sneak down so my parents didn't know I was there. (laughs) All the ideas for Viva La Bam came from the young ones, Mm -hmm. all of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they came from somewhere else. So it's cyclical, man. Mm -hmm. Young ones, Viva La Bam. I'm not saying that you know Duck Dynasty is a total rip off of Viva Mm -hmm. La Bam. A lot of other shows they ripped off. But most of it's total ripoff. Yeah. First season. Your first season's always where you cut your teeth. Yeah. And you yeah, just steal share. ideas that you know work. Oh, it worked for this show. So let's do it. Just in the well, flavor yeah, of a guy a from the
2: swamp. You apply it to a different demographic. Totally. Those folks didn't watch. Tried and true, man. Don't reinvent yeah. the wheel. Yeah. Take
3: plot lines at work. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> sorry if I yeah. made any enemies there. <laughs> yeah. And next time I see <laughs> Willie and the guys like, but they're producers, and it's not Willie. The producers ran the first season. That's the way it goes in reality TV. Mm. You know, talent has no control, very little control. And that's what they did. They did exactly what I did. Steal somebody else's ideas and make it new. So are there are there other podcasts
2: in the outdoor No. Industry? No, I don't think
1: I so. Thought, I thought we're kind of original. <laughs> Is there? So, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no, we, should take,
2: we should take – I mean, there's – there yeah, I mean there's there's people out there, there's podcasts that have done a really good job and they are the reason why we're here. Because you know, Absolutely. we listen to them and, <laughs> yeah, you know, we fair enough. <laughs> you know, but we also said, Hey, you know, we, we got our own take and you know let's do it. So
3: What's your own take? Yeah. Give me the thirty seconds.
2: What
1: is What's the, the crave, crave about? Well we talked to the Crave. that, that was in the uh, mm-hmm. you probably episode didn't one. open that link I sent you on the first episode, but <laughs> I watched the <laughs> second cool. episode.
3: That's cool. That's cool. Dude, I'm busy. I got wife, kids, wife, everything. <laughs> we talked about this. I'm
1: just messing with you. Yeah. No, I mean, in the in the in the first episode, we talked about, you know, like, what is the crave, right? Yeah. What what what? Great. This why, is a perfect time to recap. What, what episode is why this? Why the? I mean, I think this it'd be one. Six,
3: hundred. it drops. Okay. Great. So it's a it's perfect some, time to recap perfect. for the yep. new listeners. The crave is about go.
1: Excellent. Excellent. The crave embodies everything that you are passionate about in the outdoors. Ah. So, what we talked about that specific day was, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're grinding out behind a computer, you know, maybe you're maybe you're in a an 18-wheeler, you know, trying to get your your 10 hours in that specific day. Doesn't matter what you're doing, it's almost like a, it's almost like a sickness. You're always thinking about. Yep, doing something outside. It doesn't have yep. to be fishing or hunting. It yep. Could be hiking, rafting. Love it. Um, archery, mountain climbing. Love it. Um, splunking. Um, Ooh, which caves! I, which, I, which I talked about there a little bit there on that episode, but it's just what you think about all the time.
3: So what's and our so next topic the on the outdoor on the outdoor subject? What do we got? Who's got a topic? It probably Today. has
1: something to do with you.
3: Yeah, man. What well, are you we, doing, Jake? What's your outdoor activity
1: this day?
2: Outdoor bodybuilding. Right now. Painting. Outdoor you body. You brought some painting.
1: pictures for us, right?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I thought when we're done here, he's gonna paint me up. Sidewalk chalk. I do a lot with sidewalk chalk <laughs> after here's, the so podcast. Here's our canvas, video.
1: Tim. If you could lay down, that'd be great. <laughs> right and green.
2: Now, one That's thing that that we all have a, a very <laughs> uh, rich uh, background in archery. So, but yeah. and one thing that we probably haven't talked about a whole lot in the first three four episodes is archery. So, you know, oh, really? you here being with Bowtech. Um, I think it's what you know. What I wanted to talk about, I wanted to get your take on on the archery or just the outdoor industry. What you think? What you thought about it? And you, I don't know, maybe you got to sugarcoat it a little bit, but no, I won't. I mean, what what did you think about it coming in? So, yeah, from the industry. I mean, you obviously held some 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 jobs that, that as far as video production and and yeah. the quality of the things that you were doing in the industry you were in, being music and TV. You saw some pretty good shit, I mean you saw you saw high quality and now you come to the archery industry, which we all know being in there you know you can get uh, uh yeah. the, the, the the marketing dollars necessarily aren't there with every every company so what did you no. think
3: so all right uh well, I'll set it up by saying I am not your quote unquote archery guy right i I moved to Colorado, I bought you know uh, honestly i bought a bear encounter package from oh, Cabela's oh, oh. for three hundred fifty yep. bucks. Right. I was like, oh, archery. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. This looks mm-hmm. good. How <laughs> oh, hard <laughs> can this be? C- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <And it's>, yeah. <laughs> right? There's like, I read, it, there's like 400,000 elk walking around uh, in the woods yeah, there. This yeah. is going to be pretty simple. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm going to need
2: 50 <laughs> arrows, please. <laughs> like, you got a quiver for my back, cause that's where the cool guys keep them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
3: yeah, but you know, I'm your typical. I was your typical guy, and this is not very long. Ago. I, a typical guy I walked into Cabela's and I bought what I what I saw. I see a sea of confusion and bought by price and went out there and, you know, um, was unsuccessful <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> I was consistently unsuccessful. Sounds um, familiar. <laughs> so you know, fast forward. I don't know eight years. I mean, again, I'm not from the bubble. I didn't grow up in the archery industry. I grew up kind of in the skateboard culture and then music culture and then television culture. So archery to me is, uh, it's not new as a sport, but it's new to me as an industry. Um, So I'm bringing, to your point, Jake, outside external experiences of digital marketing and video content and how to reach people and target people and et cetera. As the head of digital strategy, it's a data centric kind of thing um, to the archery industry. Uh, For me, what I've seen as a consumer before I got into it is the outdoor space and I'll put gun and archery together in this and probably some other things, even fishing. And by the way, I was a consult to the world fishing network in 2006 helped them kind of get launch into more carriers. So marketing capacity. So I know a little bit about outdoor space. It is, it sucks, man. I'm going to tell you right now I'm in it. I, I make my living in it and it is about, 47 percent of what it could be Um, fly fishing industry i'm extremely excited about have been for years you know sims uh, patagonia even indirectly not all fly fishing but you know yetis really stepped up their game outside of that like we show shows on tv that were shot a year ago and like we edit them together because that takes freaking
0: forever Mm -hmm.
3: and then we gotta wait for some reason to like put them on tv
4: Hmm.
0: it yeah. is it is ridiculous, man. They're it always featuring products from the year before.
3: And even you know, that, like that's stuff. that's our perspective, right? We're in the bubble. Mm-hmm. We're archery guys. So we're like, oh, man, this new bow just came out. When's it going to be on TV? Oh, like 13 months? Yeah. All yeah. right, well, that doesn't help sell a product, <laughs> but even tactics and technologies, I guess there is one thing to say, like a good deer kill, good elk kill, good turkey kill is a good kill. It's timeless. It's evergreen. It's just cool. It's entertaining. But... In the day and age of Red Bull and GoPro, you know, some of my other clients, like, that stuff gets on air in hours if it's not live.
0: Yeah. Why hmm. is
3: the archery industry and the outdoor industry so slow? It's crazy. It's it's nuts to me. It's frustrating knowing what is possible and what is reality. So um, that's one thing that frustrates me. And then I think we're doing a disservice to the customer with that. Um Look, Jim Burnworth is on the Bowtech team, and he he goes live at five every Sunday at five p.m. Pacific, live on Facebook. Him, his phone, and answers archery questions. He is one of the largest personalities for the largest media company, uh, which I won't name, in outdoor space, and they can't figure out how to like go tape and go and show it in a week. Mm-hmm. So that he's talking about you know elk tactics when elks are happening.
1: Right, it's
2: September. crazy.
3: When, is, when are we going to break this So cycle? Is it
2: just because that's the way it's always been? As, dude,
3: I'm telling you right now, as a former insider, and by the way, um, unrelated, the Outdoor Channel was a client of mine for years, and I was selling them technology for social and, and a bunch of different data stuff. And, you know, just knowing the inner workings, it's that's just the way it is, man. Like, nobody's incented to change that, mm-hmm. you know. Although, shouldn't say that viewerships in decline, less people watch T V, more people go to YouTube, more people go to Facebook.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Like it's coming. And the 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 companies that embrace that, Yeti is leading the way. Sims leading the way. Uh more real time. You know, look at what the fly fishing film tour has been doing for years. It's awesome content. Yeah. Short form, awesome. Archer industry needs a shakedown, man. We just need a shakedown.
2: Hmm. W- which is interesting because, you know, you look at at Bose, and we all have lived in that you know that industry for so long is that we put out new products so, i mean we are constantly working ahead we put out these products which seems like on a 10-month cycle you know new Bose every 10 months there it is There <laughs> it is.
3: <laughs> uh, new the yeah.
2: podcast <laughs> um but yet the marketing of that stuff is, is completely <laughs> backwards it's like it hasn't caught up I, it's really frustrating to me. And look, you
3: know, you don't have to get into dirty laundry, but yeah, even at Bowtech where we're, we're pretty far advanced. I mean, the fact that an archery company has a director of digital strategy, okay, we're leaning in the right direction, but it's not easy. It's not an overnight thing. And I get it. I can sit here and gripe because, you know, I'm three beers in and, you know, I want the consumer, the, the archery audience to get what they deserve in better real time, better information, better content. It's not easy. Um, I'd like to think that at Bowtech, we're doing some things right. Uh, I think some other brands are doing some things okay as well. You know, we're not necessarily the total leaders in there, but it's got to get better and it's got to get better quickly. And I'd be interested to understand what your audience thinks, you know. You can always hit us at, you know, hashtag Bowtech or at Bowtech Archery, you know, on Facebook or Twitter. Like, what should we be doing? I have a notion of what we should be doing and can control some of that, but... I always want to hear from the from the audience what should we be doing?
2: you know it feels like a little bit that the consumer is ahead of the they you know, always are they're, they're they know what they want they know they know how to get it all right, but all right. and let me ask you this right. so your
3: bow, right? you mm-hmm. just said it the cycle, the marketing, the mm-hmm. production, like you have to wait for that new bow um do you have to wait for a new iPhone like you know it just well, it I just happens. It's it yeah. happens, yeah, and then it fits your life like immediately. Um, the content that happens around, you know, the the other things outside of archery that you're interested in, like they come to you in real time. Like, you know what the number one driver of, of television is? It's live sports. It's the only reason that television's really kicking around. Without NFL, without ESPN, without all those games, we wouldn't need it. You just go to Netflix or you just go to yeah. video on demand. You don't care about getting anything live. Sure. Do you care? It, you. What's your favorite band, John? It varies. John Mayer? No. Absolutely. Uh, Close Simpson? Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it,
1: it Joggies between uh, between John Mayer and Billy Ray Cyrus. Okay. <laughs> but If those <laughs> guys were <laughs> If
3: those guys were playing tonight live from Las Vegas uh, at 11:15 Don't break my heart, Tim. Is it happening? Would yeah. you tune down. in because it's live? Like is that the like big yeah, thing? Yeah, I see what you're saying there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe not. But in sports you absolutely would because the outcome is old by the time I still think there's value in seeing real-time turkey hunts, real-time deer hunts, real-time elk hunts. Technology is not the barrier. Technology is not the barrier. We live in a day and age when news organizations are out there with cell phones getting live coverage from plane crashes. You know, uh, it a bad example, but
2: um, <laughs> Way to bring it down, why man. can't we do that? <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, man. So, what was your what was your <laughs> first outdoor what was your first outdoor gig? You know, I mean, what was what kind of puts you? Was in. it the fishing? Was it the fishing stuff?
3: Yeah, World Fishing Network. I, I connected with Mark Rubenstein, the CEO over Insight Sports, who's running the World Fishing Network, and they had some they had some challenges, and I was a short form content guy coming off the, the jackass stuff. And um and he said, Look, man, I got a problem, you know. How do we how do we excite people, you know, in their own backyards? We make these awesome fishing shows like Isle Murata and here and there, you know. of our viewers never go to the places that we show on on fishing shows. There's a total disconnect. It's like so aspirational. How do we involve the local angler? Great. Well, let's go shoot short-form content in Oregon, in Colorado, in Denver. You know, here and there. He's like, whoa, how are we going to do that? Just told him how, and we did it. You know, we created hundreds of short-form three-minute segments where you could literally go video on demand on Comcast and put in your zip code and you'd have like 15 pieces of content that were probably within a hundred miles of you, a lake you never went to Carter Lake, you know, North of Denver. It's where the state record walleye came out of, you know, it made people take staycations that weekend and we cover like, Oh yeah. And it has a kid friendly recreation area and a swim beach, you know, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, Oh, that's relevant to me. So yeah. 22 minutes of Isle Mirada tarpon fishing. Like great. But we've seen that before. Right. Three minutes of that lake that's fifty miles away. well, yeah. I'm gonna plan a weekend around that. Yeah. And it was effective. And that's where we live today. That was ten years ago. Now we live in that zone, right? You can find anything on anything anywhere. YouTube, Google, Facebook. It's like at your fingers. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Sure. The, so obviously, your first love was was music, right? Yeah. I, so I, I, I yeah, music.
3: Take. Music's huge to me still today.
2: Yeah. It, does it still, would it pull you out of the outdoor industry if you had a chance to get back into it?
3: Nope. Gave up on television, gave up on music. Love them both, but, you know, plumber's toilet's always broken, right? You know, I guy never wants to go home and fix his <laughs> toilet. So, yeah. grass is always <laughs> greener. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Um, so, there becomes a point where you want to make your passion your gig, and then your passion becomes a gig Mm -hmm. and then it's like,
2: Oh geez, I need a new
3: passion. So, um, no, man, I've learned to, uh,
2: that's, that's great. But, you know, I, uh, my brother had sent me a podcast with, uh, Mike Rowe, the best, that guy, man, man,
3: one of the most real, I met him once, one of the coolest, most
2: realistic guys on the planet. Dude could read the, you know, read the, the phone book. Oh, totally, yeah. and All you'd right. be there yeah. for hours. Oh my gosh, Johnson, another Johnson. He's <laughs> Steven <laughs> Johnson, one twenty three and a half. <laughs> but he w- right. he had uh, he was actually a guest on another podcast, and he had yeah. said, you know, some you know the guy asked him like, you know, what what are three things to leave with your listeners? And he said, um, among other things, but he said, take your passion with you wherever you go, but don't make you know your passion your life because. Most of the time, yeah. it's not uh, what it's all about. It's right. not going to stay your you passion it. forever, right. if that's right. the case. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've all been lucky to, to be passionate and, and be involved in industries. But I, I can tell you one thing, you know, from, from my experience in the archery industry, um, probably the least amount I've ever shot my bow was the 10 years, 11 years I worked at an archery manufacturer. Wow. And it wasn't because I, I I didn't like hunting as much, but I sure as heck, same thing you're thinking. You know? yeah. like the last thing I wanted to do when I got home was shoot my bow. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, the oh. three of us <laughs> who worked at an Archery, uh, archery Manufacture, how many times was it the week before season, we're freaking scrambling to get our shit together, tuning, you know, sighting our bows. Happened a lot. A lot. I mean, and you work in the industry. It's like you have go. 365 to yeah, do it. exactly. We had all the yep. resources at, And I'm yeah. sure our listeners are going, oh, you guys are Well Well, I mean, yeah. part <laughs> of it is, well, I mean, I guess
1: we were kind of spoiling the fact that we had, you know, we had some tools that are.
2: Oh. Yeah, we could do it last minute. Our fingertips. Minute. And but we still. we
1: knew how to do it. But, yeah, you're right. I mm-hmm. mean. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember reading, just throwing a sight on my bow. Yeah, yeah. sighting sco- in, the <laughs> evening. We're gonna do that this year. Hey, I shot yeah. over 14. No, <laughs> no, 13. <you> 13. <laughs> 13. It was 13, 12. It was 13. It was pretty good. Sighting <laughs> yeah. in the night before. So yeah. Not so bad. I guess Which your is advice
3: to that young kid who's the back, you know, dishwasher who's loving his job at the restaurant right now, like, dude, don't make that your passion. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come yeah. on, you're <laughs> gonna be washing to it. dishes soon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Those stains are great. No, it, I, I <laughs> really, on. I believe, man. I've met, I've met some good people in my life, and, <laughs> um, been lucky enough to be around some really smart people. You know, I'm writing a book called "Millionaires, Billionaires, and Other Assholes I've Worked For," um, and. Uh, <laughs> great type. <timing>. That is, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, from Mark Cuban to you know tech guru Scott McNeely and Molly Crew and everybody in between, and, um. That is a constant. That is oh, very few. Nikki Six pulls it off. Nikki Six from Motley Crue. Like, that dude lives it. He just loves to pick up a guitar, bass, and go for it. You know, the rest of them, even Tommy Lee, we saw him in Denver last time they came through. And he's like, dude, last thing I want to do is, like, go listen to music. Right. Yeah. So it's true, man. It, it's really true. It's a fine line. Um, be careful what you wish for. I, and I love it. Mike Rose really said, "Take your passion with you, but don't make yeah. it your livelihood." That's so that might—that
1: might undermine our. Would you rather, a little bit, for the night? Cause um, we, uh, no, I don't think so. Cause, I mean, okay, okay, because well, we had talked about
2: what are
0: we looking at, Nader? Where are we at for? We're uh, just a hair over an hour. Perfect. Oh my Perfect. gosh! Okay, we so have.
1: We have, We can get four yeah. segments out of that. Oh yeah.
2: Per. One thing per I want per to per ask Tims, Tim's yeah yep, uh, sure the stereo. Does it seem like, and what do you guys think, Nader? Um, to me, uh, you know, I look at the archery industry, just the outdoor industry in general, just hunting and fishing. It almost seems like there's a bit of a divide now as far as, the question is this. Do you think hunting and fishing is a rich man's sport, getting that way? Whoa. Hmm. That's a big question.
0: Dropping the uh, bombs over here. I <laughs> mean, I, I had
3: my answer like the second it came out of your mouth, but that's a big question.
0: I think it's it's... maybe was that way or at least really reliant upon public uh or or not public about having private land access and i think more and more which is strange because our public lands are shrinking more and more by the day but i think the the tidal wave of do-it-yourself hunters is growing particularly backcountry i mean the the linkage between fitness and hunting whether it's particularly archery hunting but you yeah. know, there's there's uh you know it has applications mm-hmm. of rifle hunting too but the and and as you alluded to earlier Tim about being taking uh paying attention to where your food comes from and and making that a more important aspect of your life having people like that or or folks that are uh big into fitness kind of gravitating towards hunting because of the food harvesting sure. aspect, and and also just putting yourself to your you know uh, to the limits physically going into the backcountry well, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I see that trend growing more and more by the day. That's and that's a big one. Yeah, and it does cost money. Well, well, do mean, does it? Does it really? It depends on where you're, you're right, where you does. live because I
1: mean, because I grew up. Let me let me back up. Did you <laughs> the the the, all that? the 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 I did I did eat a lot a yeah. uh, lot of a lot of yeah. little debbies oatmeal <laughs> cookies <laughs> went a long way. Um, but it does not I guess to answer your question. I don't think it's a rich man's sport.
3: I think I think, I if think it's, you can you, easily you can make it that easily way. make it a rich man's exactly. sport. Like I, I just mm-hmm. said, I dropped fifteen hundred dollars. I don't think I had a pair of waterproof boots the first ten years I hunted. And yeah. I was freaking, in so- and, and good rain gear. I was soaking freaking just grand.
4: stupidity.
1: Oh man, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't couldn't afford it. You can go buy couldn't some glasses. He's too but busy no, he buying little dips yeah. But look, right. I remember putting I remember putting my feet inside garbage garbage bags. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, yeah. listen. Like my, or bread bags. That doesn't yeah. make it a rich man's sport because I still that's elk. that's everyone's got to deal with wet feet, right? So like the fact that you have to buy some decent boots, like. I see where you're going with Nate the public land and and access is diminished and and tagged but you can go out and buy a great fly rod for for a Temple Fork Outfitters rod is really cheap with a lifetime warranty for what you get for it like I literally have some that I've had for 10 years I've broken them and I pay 25 bucks I get them fixed cuz I slam them in car doors you can get out there anybody can get out there and fish there's enough Public land, you know, fishing-wise. Hunting, a little different depending on the species you're chasing. But turkey, like, come on. Anybody can go out and get the turkey. You can make it a rich man's sport. We probably, the four of us, probably make it more of a rich man's sport. I mean, you know, multiple bows, multiple this, multiple that. But we got to remember, you know, the middle American and the guy in the middle of Iowa or Indiana or wherever – can walk in for three hundred fifty bucks, get a bow that's gonna last for ten years. It's not the best bow. It'll kill something at thirty yards. You know, it doesn't need the best of everything. And then get out there and do it. And people are doing that. They're definitely doing it. The backcountry is tough. I live in Colorado. I I sleep at nine thousand. I hike to thirteen thousand. That is brutal. Um, but you don't need. Uh, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna go out on a limb. You don't need three hundred dollars in mountain ops to go hunting. <laughs> <laughs> You guys got an Oregon guy running (laughs) around here who does not preach that, by the way. But Mm -hmm. their perception, there is perception, I should say, of like, ah, crap. I got to be like working out in January to go hunting in September. Bull. Like, just keep yourself in relative shape. Mm -hmm. Buy a broadhead or two. Get a bow that launches, you know. (laughs) Sharpen feet per second or more. (laughs) And you're hunting. So that's my take on it. No,
2: I, I, you Mm -hmm. know, the word that you said. Really brings it to a point. Perception, I think, and where I was going with that question was, I think the perception is that it's a it's a rich man's sport, um, or at least it's getting that way. And if you don't have, you know, five hundred dollar rain gear and a thousand dollar pack uh, and a four hundred dollar pair of boots, and you know, then you're not, you know, and or you're Dude, not, you're not it in as, it. Right, you're not taking it seriously. You're right. not going to be successful. And you know, the one thing that on the on the complete opposite side of the coin, I think what's great is a lot of these companies the same ones that are making those those really high-end you know products mm-hmm. are also making bowtech, for example you know they make a thousand dollar bow or more which is phenomenal but they also make a really good 350 dollar bow yeah and all I the mean, manufacturers do it it's, i mean that the today's 350 four hundred dollar bow will blow anything out of the water that you paid seven eight hundred dollars for 10 years ago fair enough yes i mean absolutely I think the barrier
3: to entry is fairly low. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like going to a library, which is free, and and which only should be. But Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it needs to be rich man's sport. Mm -hmm. But do you see the marketing
2: of it actually? Is that and for me, you know, just kind of standing back and looking at you, almost have two two waves of marketing. You have still that you know East Coast Midwest. You know, Mossy Oak, Realtree, you know, and go into Cabela's and I can get my gear, you know, that that market, right? And I'm I'm yeah. more value minded. I'm 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 more in it, and even even their slogan, you know, friends, family, and the outdoors, that sort of yeah. thing. And then you have the Sitkas and the oh, yeah, Kafarus and course. the you know that of the world where it's you know it's the complete opposite, you know. And you have these two separate yeah. marketing paths. I'm gonna tell you right now. And they appeal to both. I mean, there's there's appeal they, to both.
3: There there's value to both and they fit different audiences. And it even segments, you know, you and I have talked about this. There's 10 different segments between that. So, but look at me. I moved to Colorado and what did I do? I walked into Cabela's, I bought a $39 redhead ringcoat. I wore no camo. I wore that raincoat if I needed it, and I bought a three hundred and forty-nine dollar bear bow with a whisper whisker biscuit, and I bought some, you know, crappy arrows that I would never buy again now that I know what I know. But I went in <laughs> for for less than four hundred fifty bucks. I was hunting. Yeah. Um, my problem wasn't the gear. The gear would have killed something if I got it at thirty yards. My problem was I was a horrible hunter. <laughs> I'm like an I'm I'm like an average hunter now, maybe an okay hunter, but. Um, I have $5,000 worth of gear. I'm still, like, the knowledge is power. Yeah. So it's like that
0: 80-20 rule where 80% of it is your woodsmanship. It totally. And then totally that better gear will dude, help narrow the gap on that I'm remaining gonna, 20%. I'm going to
3: tell you this. I have a good, very, very good friend at home who, when I started working for Bowtech, I bought him a bow. He's just my boy. He doesn't know much about archery, doesn't care but he just has time on his hands, kind of like that free spirit guy. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go spend like 10 days in the woods. Like, yeah, cool. He had an old aluminum, like, bow with aluminum arrows. That's what he was shooting. (laughs) This thing was, I don't even know what. (laughs) So I bought him a bow. I got him some arrows. Good buddy. He goes out and plugs on his first day, three quarters of a mile from the truck at a campground, plugs a giant six by six i've been hunting for like eight years <laughs> <laughs> i do 40 miles per year and i'm like lucky if i kill like a mid-rate cow <laughs> right so like the gear yeah. what didn't make him a better hunter he just was in the right place at the right time and, and whatever but so i don't know man i mean the moral of the story to me is hunting is like fishing it's not called catching it's not called killing yeah it's called fishing it's called hunting What's mm-hmm. your after carp. and if True, <laughs> but man, the journey—the journey, the journey is ninety percent of the battle to me. Yeah. You know, I, that's why I love getting out there. I do nine nine days every year. If I killed something in the first hour on the first day, I'm gonna stay out there for nine days because my wife doesn't know any better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I
2: was talking to one of our one a dealer up in Washington, and he he had said the same thing. He's he was like, man, you know. I, Worst thing about it was I shot my deer the first day and I shot my elk the first day. I'm like, well, why'd you <laughs> go home? Well, I was close enough to go home, so that was a problem. So I came oh, home. Yeah. Foolish. That, that, See, yeah. he just needs he just needs a little pep talk
3: and yeah. some better strategy. Yeah, yeah he yeah, needs sure. like his five point checklist. Like, okay, if you kill, yeah. don't do this. <laughs> if this, then that.
0: It's really simple, man. Yeah. Cheat
3: sheet. Just put it in your
0: pocket. <laughs> so, uh, move your base camp to a high lake or. Do some yeah. fishing for a few yeah. days after Drive
2: that. Drive to something. another <laughs> state, like go yeah. Go to a casino. You want to hit them with the wood? You rather, Mater?
0: Uh, yeah. You yeah. got
2: anything else you, wanna,
0: no, do you I, want to? No, I. Well, one more point, I guess. To the, to circling back to the DIY thing, I think for people coming from east, coming to the west, and, and that sort of thing, it's definitely a lot cheaper for those folks to to get out there and hunt now without having to spend a lot of money with guide services and the like when you've got all of your your digital scouting tools out there now and oh dude um, yeah. Yeah. totally
3: agree do you see Randy Newberg um, I don't know if we don't want to date this but Randy Newberg is my like favorite the guy is a public like elk deer you know high mountain rocky Mountain guy mm-hmm. he's just unbelievable Stud. he just published a four part YouTube series for free like totally for free like three hours of e-scouting tips. That's on YouTube. Anybody, anywhere on the globe can get. To your point, there are huge ambassadors for this sport. You know, Randy Newberg's one of them. He does not hold back anything. I was just with him in, in Montana. He's one of the best guys on the planet. Best attitude. There's so many resources today, and there you get more every month. To your point. East, this is the year you're going to take elk. Your wife's going to let you go. Once in a five-year, once in a ten-year trip. There's so many resources, and yeah. you know, tag isn't cheap. My buddy comes out every year from Pennsylvania. I think it's 545 bucks this year for an elk tag. You know, which yeah, all right, maybe that's a little bit in the rich man, rich man sport realm, mm-hmm. but public land. You know, Colorado, yeah. come to Colorado, man. All you guys over the counter, walk into a Walmart, buy a tag, and you have millions of acres,
0: yeah. millions
3: of acres yeah. of public land. Hundreds of thousands of elk running around.
0: Yeah, the biggest, biggest herds of elk in the Dude, country.
3: Anybody yeah. wants to come, like, elk hunt with me this year? <laughs> <laughs> email me, man. Tim at gmail.com. Well, I'm another really reason to follow Randy Newberg, first,
0: too, though, is he's he's a massive advocate for public lands. Oh, huge. One of, well, I'm and telling
3: you, one of the best, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, and without that, I mean, we'd all be up a creek. No, he's right. And Cameron so Haynes has been doing a great thing. job yeah. this year. I, I got to say,
3: man. you know, taking on um, – you know, those house bills, and then uh, Jason, what's his name? I
0: forget, but... Jaffetz.
3: Yeah, I mean, Cameron has really been doing a great job. <laughs> and, you know, guys like him are, you know, hopefully going to gonna set it right. Um, yeah. But that's what we yeah, need. we're. I and mean, that's,
2: you know, I think, if anything, sportsmen have always been a little bit of... Uh, and I don't want to paint everybody with this brush, but I think we could kind of sit on our hands a little bit. You know, it's easy to sit around with a bunch of buddies and crack beers and be like, yeah, you know, I can't believe they're doing this, but it's good to see people out there that are actually taking action yeah. and, yeah. and that, you know, social media has been great because, you know, getting the word out is one thing, but, um, I was leading, listening to meat eater podcast, you know, and, and he had somebody on and it may have been, um, Steven, uh, Steve himself but saying he's like, you know, pick up the phone and call somebody yeah, that yeah. you can, you can yeah. like a post. You can, you know, you can add a comment to a post on, on Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever, but, like, that only goes so far. Take serious pick action. up the phone call and, or yeah. pick up the phone and make a call and that, that's that's how things are gonna get done. And that's yeah. how things have been getting yeah. done. We so saw like that
0: s- with House Bill six twenty one. Yep. Yep. That got squashed in a hurry. Yep. And due in large part by uh <laughs> r- right, right. And and social media platforms generating that contact yeah. with your lo- with your legislators. That's one trend that I I am seeing that um is pretty heartening as well is Sportsmen are getting much more involved in in the political arena.
3: Well, let me ask you this: I, in, I don't want to extend areas all this where it matters beyond too much. But we, we've 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 we have a new president, right? Most sportsmen and and we saw Outdoor Channel con- aggregated all these sportsmen. You know, Ted Nugent to everybody in between, Waddell, all of them. Oh, you got to vote for Trump! You got to vote for Trump! You got to vote for Trump! And then, um, I think we've got a little bit of buyer's remorse. You know, I'm not gonna you know go into my political affiliation, but. What do you guys feel, where do you think the average sportsman's mind sits right now? 100 We're about 100 days in, this new mm-hmm. president. We've seen some weird bills introduced, some public lands up for sale, you know, potentially. Like, where do you think the sportsman's mind sits politically? Well. Not asking for your affiliation, yeah. but the average sportsman, where do you think they sit?
0: Is there buyer's I remorse? I think there's there's a little bit of confusion to be honest because most sportsmen are conservatively by nature yeah, sure yeah but historically the republican party has been the least favorable when it comes to public lands so explain that so the republicans so Jason Chaffetz is yeah. a republican that that was his bill 621 yeah. now that that was out for several years before the president the yeah. last presidential election so that but I assume you're also talking about like Trump, but
3: selling off for mineral rights and drilling and all these things that are closed down and kill off wildlife, things like that.
0: Correct. Okay. All right, correct. Cool. Yeah, they're they're either for wholesale big big uh,
3: dollars and capital gains and or
0: sorry. Yeah, right. Right. And and very little um, regulation too when they when they lease out these lands so, for the so mineral extraction and so stuff how did, they. They don't enforce all these cleanups and so. How do you balance
3: draft? that? You know things like the you know the Bristol mine and yeah, everything. Like how do you balance that with the liberal mentality, but you know Republican mentality of. Uh, I don't.
2: I don't really. Well, I think that's a million we, we dollar question. We look at it and, sure. and we look at the the person as a whole and we say, well, you know, what side are you on? You know, are you are you are you, you know are you Republican or are you a Democrat or are you independent, whatever it is? And you look at it and. I don't think anybody, whether you're a sportsman or not, you know, again, without getting too deep into this, but you, you have to say, in my opinion, you know, well, give me an issue. Give me an issue because then I'll give you my opinion on how I feel. Because just because I, and ultimately you have to make a decision. You have to check that box. You yep, got to, yep, you know, you got to yep. go on whatever, you got to do it. So you have to take it issue by issue and, and it comes, well, you weigh it out. I think that's mm-hmm. why Trump
3: won this year, frankly, is it wasn't Republican versus Democrat um cuz Trump wasn't a true Republican. I
2: mean he wasn't right, like right.
3: party line guy. He yeah, he's changed. He he, he he ran, fences. talk about building a wall, yeah. man. This guy ran like fences through. Yeah. You know, I think he was a
0: Democrat like 8 years ago. And when he said, he's always said the, Republic. Said, the Republic- I yeah, if I ever ran like
3: for president, you know, I'd run for the Republican party cuz of the dumbest voters out there. Right? He said it publicly. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know. But I uh, I don't know. I don't want to beat the dead the horse, but I think it's very interesting <laughs> The people that were rallying in the last days to get Trump in that have now gone
0: very quiet
3: and, um, you know, may have even some of them are like backtracking like, uh, what do we got? Another three years, eight months. I don't know. I just think it's interesting times for this country to take a look at. To your point, Jake, I I think you did it succinctly. Who's the right person? Not the right party. Like maybe the party is like don't exist anymore. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome person mm. that you know relates with the values I care about. And I think this yeah.
2: year was was an example of it came down to the people and unfortunately and I'll give you my opinion the people that we had to choose from was 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 pretty um I don't think anybody Fortunate. debates that. I don't, I don't think know. anybody debates but I'll that. But I will also yeah. say that we're the ones that put him there, you know. There were other candidates that were available and we put those people in those positions, you know. I mean,
1: I don't know. Like lesser of two evils, deal. Yeah. And
2: that's what it came down to. Well, I mean, everyone
3: said that, but, yeah.
1: but you But you're right though. It's like Republican, Democrat. Mm-hmm. That's what it's come down to. Yeah. yeah, which one gets in is that's the agenda. You get, a very, you get a Get a Do uh, I go for archery or rifle yeah, tag? Yeah. Darn Something man, like I don't that. know yeah. what to do here.
0: <laughs> well, our Second Amendment should be safe at least for the next
3: dude. Th- almost I four All ca- uh, right, I don't want to extend this anymore. Oh, my days, Nader. Come on, come on Nader. <laughs> <laughs> you really uh, think Obama and Hillary were trying to take your guns? No. You think they were trying to take your guns?
0: No. All right. Well, then the, why would the you firearm- say that? The firearm industry wanted to push that. They had a yeah, pretty, well, so then, pretty killer so eight then, years all right, so Obama Obama I don't into think the Obama But the on, to, You
2: went to a very,
0: to a very dark place. Obama was
3: not trying to take th- people's guns. No, I don't he think so. He was trying to limit the guns that got into the hands of people that probably didn't need them. And is it uncomfortable to ask a few questions and get some data on people before you give them a gun? Yes, that is uncomfortable. Does it feel unconstitutional? It might feel unconstitutional. But as a human being, I'm sorry. Like, it's just... Freaking common sense. Have a kid, it becomes very real very quickly that your school, wherever your kid might go, outside of your, even inside of your site, like, can be subject to a maniac. Like Colorado, you know, Columbine, you know, shooters f- 15 years ago, uh, the, the, mm. the, the Aurora shooters, whatever, four years ago, like, you're never gonna stop that. Sure. If you never sold another gun from this day forward, you were absolutely going to have one of those per month, hands yeah. down. Yeah. There's How many already millions
0: far, of guns are there? Far too many. Far n- and exceeding I just, the I amount. And I get really
3: frustrated mean, yeah, with the sportsmen yeah, yeah. that say, and I'm not frustrated with you, Nate, but I get frustrated with the sportsmen that say, ah, uh, well, Second Amendment is protected. It was always protected. No one was ever trying to take your guns. Just trying to limit man. who gets guns going forward. I'm sorry. As a I was
0: mainly referring to the Republican Party as always been yes, no, friendly no, 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 to. No. So, yeah, amendment. they are. They are i i I do hope that Donald Trump's immediate family with Donald Trump jr being a big sportsman yeah. and that circle of influence will help even though he's partly because he's not historically always been a Republican but he also has those influences in his ear that i'm I'm hopeful that uh public lands management will continue in a uh, yeah, in a no, in a Agreed. respectful fashion. Uh, look, I'm, I'm his hopeful. Administration, I, I got
3: to be honest. I'm hopeful of Donald Trump. I think some interesting new things are going to come out of it.
2: Yeah. We'll Regardless say. of who's in office, at any mm-hmm. point in our lives, you know, there's always going to be a battle. We're always going to have a battle to fight, and you know, we have to stand united and and speak up and speak out and teach our kids, you know, those values and and what's important to us, and you know, yeah, hopefully, sure. he keeps make going. decisions. So, yeah.
3: Absolutely. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: Cool. All right. <sighs> um. All right. Yeah. Let's. Uh, you want? Would you, would you rather? Would you rather? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we tailored this one to you a little bit. So.
3: Ooh. Mm.
2: Yeah. So you this week we came up
0: with. Oh, so we we, sure. we talked a lot about your involvement in the music industry. Yep. Yeah. And in the outdoor industry as well. Sure. So
2: Wait. Last question. Did you go work ahead. directly with Mark Mark Cuban? Oh, I was a direct report to him. I was. It
3: was nonstop every day for three years.
2: Tell us one thing that <laughs> most people don't know about Mark
3: Cuban. Um. Yeah. There's one thing. A lot of people ask me that. Oh, Do you, you work for from Mark, Mark Cuban. Books? That's cool. You know, direct report, VP. You Bam. know. Uh, um there's one thing that people need to know about Mark Cuban in my opinion. You know, Shark Tank, yeah, he's you know, he's fun, he's entertaining, he's this and that. Um some people that have done business with him would say he's not a very fun business person, you know, he doesn't leave when he when he exits relationships, maybe they're not always the best relationships. Um the one thing I will say about Mark Cuban that I witnessed personally, this is a guy who worked his ass off, you know, at age 10, 11, whatever, 13 he was selling trash bags door to door. He did not come from money. Pittsburgh guy, you know, went to Indiana, you know, was buying like 35 cent draft beers when he went to Texas and um, cares about people on his team. When I worked for him and uh, other people who literally, we had some people die of cancer in the company that were not, their families were not set up financially. And i saying the person that died was was spiteful or didn't do their due diligence to their family. But Mark made sure that that family was taken care of. And at the end of the day, that is not something he would want publicized. It was very low, um, but it was very important to me working for him to understand that that guy is human, number one, um, and cares about humans. Like that transcends any amount of money you have. I don't care if you got fifteen dollars in your pocket or two and a half billion dollars on paper. You take care of the people that are on your team, and that is the one thing that I'll always give credit to Mark Cuban. And like I said, I've worked for a lot of millionaires and some billionaires. Um, that is a remarkable trait, and I, I applaud him every day for that.
2: Well, when you said that he was, you know, shrewd or you know maybe the most not, maybe not the most friendly when it comes to business transactions. I mean, you always hear the phrase, well, you know, this is just business. And
4: it's true. I think yeah.
2: really the folks that are, are successful can can draw that line and, and keep it and say, hey, this is business. And if I want to get ahead and, you know, do what's right for my company, then, you know, maybe I maybe I can't be the nicest guy out there. But
3: Yeah, um, well, look, there's a difference. And I think even, you know, Mark Cuban and Donald Trump don't get along. They never have. Um Cuban would tell you that Trump's the kind of guy who, you know, when art of the deal came out in 1980, which is a bestseller and a great book, if you haven't read it, um, Donald Trump stepped on a lot of throats, a lot of throats to get where he is. Mark Cuban got kind of lucky. You know, he sold the biggest internet business in 1995 for $5.9 billion in stock, like the riskiest transaction ever for a, a, a company owner. So he got lucky, but, um, Mark didn't have to step on a lot of people to get where he was. Yeah, you know Warren Buffett. You know, the ball's still up in in, in the air about him. Um, Seems like the a nice guy. <laughs> Seems like a great guy. You know, great Nebraska guy, and and you know, smart and and, and entertaining. But some of his companies, that's what's in question. You mm-hmm. know, um, at any rate, Mark Cuban, I, I, I enjoyed my time with him um, in it its course. I left there um, by choice, and I went to work for Scott McNeely, who. Founded some microsystems in the 80s. You know, another true tech billionaire. Yeah. Um, So.
2: Were you one of those guys outdoorsman?
3: Oh, Scott McNeil, yeah. Big time. Uh, Mark, no, not so much. Yeah. Not at all.
2: Really. Go for it.
0: (laughs) All right. So let's jump into the would you rather. So back to the kind of correlation between the music industry and and the outdoor industry. So we thought it'd be fun to talk about if you had your choice. If you could see any band mm. alive or dead. Wow. Wow, oh, man. There's more to this. Full, full deep. concert deep. experience. Backstage pass, get to meet the band, get to go out to dinner with them. Most importantly, open bar.
2: And we're going to throw <laughs> in a magnetic koozie.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who would it be? <laughs> but wait, there's more. Or, <laughs> well, you could pick anybody. A new alive. Okay. Alive or dead. Anybody alive full, or full dead. concert experience. Oh man. Or no, wait, and and
2: you're gonna you're gonna you're, no no hold oh, on wow. no. and you get to I sit. either get to do that or no plus you get to go sit down and have beers with them. Yeah, or her. You All right, so first off,
3: you're asking. Uh, this is this is a little funny because you're asking a guy that question. Who went on tour with Motley Crue for months, drinking beer with <laughs> <Yeah>. them nonstop, <laughs>
1: I I hanging out backstage with a lot of women? We weren't aware sure. of the Motley Crue um, uh,
2: circumstance. Yeah, but that's that's one band. When I mean, there's got to be that. somebody. Yeah, like no, not, like, you know, I get you. Know, like, like you like, but but the, pro- the,
3: the, the, the problem here is, I've already done that with like one of the coolest bands
0: in the world. So I gotta like
3: top that. I gotta so think about it. Well, you'll like, probably pick
0: oh, the the other side man. of the wood rather than. Um, so, or the other side is okay. you can go on your basically your hunting or tripping tr- fishing trip of a lifetime. So, any you can oh. pursue any species anywhere. Wow, can be fully guided, fully do it yourself, Ooh. whatever you want to do. You all your tags are paid for, all right. You can get yep. there, do whatever. Got so, would you, would you rather do that or see? No, koozie. the coolest band Do we, of all time. Do we okay, well, I'm going to no, tell no you. I'm going to no give koozie. you a, no koozie. No, no first koozie. First, I'm going to give you a, um, no koozie, no on, the koozie on the hunt. the <laughs> <laughs> breaker.
3: How Deal quickly breaker. can <laughs> I flip this table? <laughs> <laughs> We'd also um, be
0: curious to see if you could see the band live or dead. Um, who would it be? But oh man,
3: all right, I'm going to. I'm going to. This is this is well. Oh man, that's a tough. That is an awesome question. You guys totally know. All right, here it is. <laughs> I would ever. like. I would <laughs> like to see if I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you both options where right. I would want to go and who I want to <laughs> do it with, and then I'll tell you which one. Won. Which one you're going to do? First okay. off, if I were to choose the band, I would go back in time. Oh, fudge. I mean, Scott Bon Scott ACDC like in the, in the uh, would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But th- I think Scotland Finn Lizzy. And hang out with those guys go, in like uh, a real Scottish yeah. pub. Wow and like talk about like the cowboy song. Mm-hmm. This is a cowboy song. You know, around the campfire, all that. Like, you know, I think that wow. would be great. That's a
0: that's um, a good pool. Love that would be awesome, tracks. You know? <laughs> if
3: I were going a hunt, um I th- I think I think I would probably and I'm not an expert on the species, but because of the landscape, I, I've been in New Zealand twice. I would love to get up into the hills in New Zealand, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everything there is native. There's nothing there that can kill you. Like, it's super cool. Um, You know, Christchurch, Wellington, awesome places. I think I would like to go there and hunt. I don't know what I'd hunt. Red stag? I don't know. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I think I would choose Thin Lizzy in Scotland in the late 70s. That's what I would do if I could do it. That guy's just, I mean... Yeah. So that's what I would do. And I encourage everyone to go out and listen to Thin Lizzy the Cowboy Song and you'll totally get where I'm coming from. That's a good pull.
0: Yeah. No, I like that answer. Yeah. So, what would you it? do, Jake? Shit. I got to be honest. Garth Brooks is on there. Garth Brooks, obviously. <laughs> Garth Brooks in my living
2: room. Oh. I got the <laughs> while, box talking, right here. while talking
3: to him about my taxidermy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you, what's Trish all about? I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs> Um, shoot, man. Are, do you guys have an answer? Because I honestly didn't think about this. Um, so if you got an answer, go for it. Otherwise, uh, so, um, I, I don't know. Guns N' yeah. Roses is touring this, well, this summer, guys. It's a possibility. I, I thought know. a little bit about it. Okay.
0: Who I think got? my hunting would also be Red Stag. Oh, yeah? During the rut. Listening to him roar. Yeah. In New Zealand. Oh, yeah. That's um, <laughs> That'd Good be, choice. Had, that'd be pretty you, uh, awesome. Have you refined the, uh, the, the red Riot? stag and i uh, I've learned that I cannot do that. Okay. Yeah. We've learned that you do that. So, so we to cut that out. We'll on spare, on a prior we'll spare the we'll spare Nate listeners had, this time. Uh, <laughs> red stag <laughs> calling. Red stag calling. Yep. It's pretty weak. Okay. Don't <laughs> don't hey, listen. Uh. <laughs> 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 Plenty of time to work on it. <laughs> That's true. But I think uh, on the concert side, I might go back to. To the 50s and see Chuck Berry in his early days. So Whoa, there you go, breaking man. Ground yeah. and rock great and roll. one. Great well, one. Talk to him about it. Like, oh, where in the hell did you come up with that yeah, yeah, what was Holy going through your brain, man? Yeah. They didn't have methadone back then? <laughs> no like, <do> <laughs> come on. <laughs> High on life. High on
2: life. Yeah,
0: that'd be a tough one. Good one. So no, what great, would you call. You pick? great call. Which one? <sighs> do it. There's a lot of Chuck Berry albums you can buy pretty cheap nowadays. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Good answer. So I'd probably go. I'd probably do the red stack. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yep. The experience. Yeah. Right. got Damn. one.
1: Dude, I don't know. That's that's uh, that's tough. I think of, uh, you know, Barbara Streisand. I um, <laughs> <laughs> was thinking about all the. Not experiences you've had, the, experiences <laughs> you would <laughs> want to <laughs> have. All the recorded uh, VH1 videos from my folks. Neil Diamond, Barbara Streisand. Magical. <laughs> both of those two backstage <laughs> what? with some uh some, with some champagne uh it'd be amazing <laughs> nevertheless i would have to pick a uh it's brutal. Come on. An outdoor hunting adventure of some sort. I don't know. I mean, there's oh, there's, there's so many more out man. there. See, this is like the problem when moose. you work in the moose. industry. Yeah. When you work moose. in the industry, you're yeah. like, good. oh, I don't
3: know. I'm so jaded. I polar would bear. probably do moose, maybe some polar bear. Like, See, what do I got on the schedule this year? <laughs> they're going to die from <laughs> lack of ice, so I'll just go out there and kill them. <laughs>
1: Oddly enough, <laughs> most people right in there. the industry talk like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, totally. So
0: there I was, <laughs> 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 right in front of me. Oh, oh, I just uh, smoked it, man. <laughs> I to the one one time, time to week. smack the hammer down. <laughs> <laughs> Pass me that sig <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I just sound, love killing right? stuff. It's <laughs> just great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Do you go moose though? Sounded you like. Yeah, moose
1: is. Yeah, I haven't I haven't har- harvested a moose yet.
0: Yeah. I think they're pretty really? easy to kill, man. I, well, let me tell you this. DIY
1: I have moose?
3: definitely had more opportunity to oh. kill moose elk hunting in Colorado I than elk. I really? So if you want to yeah. moose hunt, Hard part start putting in for tag, tags. Right? For okay. yeah, it take, I think it takes 18 years. <laughs>
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do like kind of an all-encompassing. I don't know if this is legal or not, but sheep of North America. That'd be cool.
3: Ooh. All yeah. Right, yeah, cool. Sheep be pretty Levi cool. Morgan's yeah. got that, right? Is there, He's like mm. one away or something? Oh, there's a bunch of I people
2: that have, that have probably – did we run out of all of our video?
0: Yeah, we did. Great but time. that's all right. We'll Just put marks. some Put some funny message up. <sighs> all
2: right. That's all good. If I'll our go cameras to, uh, ran
0: on beer, we'd still have a feed. But, yeah. alas, they do not.
2: <laughs> Led Zeppelin. Oh. <laughs> I'm going go go to go Led for my head. And go uh, go to go Grizzly Bear Hunt. Ooh. I yeah. don't know. This is tough. Archery or
0: rifle? Archery. Natural. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Bite your tongue. <laughs> what kind of
3: big gun? Like, you're going to have three guys I got a guy with big guns?
0: Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. a guy behind me. No, and somebody
3: in front of me that's
2: <laughs> slower than me. So, yeah. Good. <laughs> but this is tough. I, I actually, I don't know if I'd pick the the hunting. I think I'd probably go. I'd, I'd go with the band.
3: I'll tell you what. Led Zeppelin is, is a legit one, man. That's that's
2: legit. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool.
3: They had energy unlike many.
0: So Great story, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good band. So, well Anything
2: done. You want to get off your chest?
0: Just the, uh, what we learned. I have things learned.
2: I want to get out of my bladder, so. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. All right, thanks, thanks for you listening. Um, yeah. You want to give Botec a plug? One more plug? Not really. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> I think you listened to so it. <laughs> I gotta go bad. <laughs> nope. <laughs> gotta go, gotta go, gotta go right now. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. I Appreciate it. It's <laughs> of fun. Thanks
3: for having me. Right. You bet. Take care.